It's Mike Jeff for Chicago Jazz Magazine, chicagojazz.com, and welcome to another episode of Around Town. We have Charlie Ballantyne coming into town March 1st, and I'm happy we're making this happen. We're a couple weeks out from the gig, and when I saw he was coming in and I was uh, had the opportunity to talk to him, it was very intriguing to me because, you know, he, he's got a new recording, Falling from Grace. He's coming in. He's actually playing at Prairie Moon Restaurant right up there in Evanston, kind of a new venue. They've been around for about a year and a half or so presenting live music, which is incredible. And then also... Uh, he's got a great background, a lot of influences. And for those of you that watch the show, you know, I like to dig into all of that. So Charlie, welcome to the show. Thanks for jumping on today. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's it's great to be here, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. So you're based out of Indianapolis, but I know you've got you've you've uh, been all over the country playing. You've played with a lot of different people. I know from New York to L.A. to all over the place. But the one thing that intrigues me First, let's talk about the Prairie Moon Restaurant gig, but also I want to get into some of your uh, influence as well. But the Prairie Moon Restaurant gig, you're coming up March 1st. And of course, Prairie Moon is uh, located right there, 1635 Chicago Avenue in Evanston, prairiemoonrestaurant.com. I'll get all the plugs out there. He starts at 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. And let's talk a little bit about the gig. And you're touring on this Falling Grace recording that you just came out with. Let's talk who's on the gig with you and how did you make the connection to come up to Evanston and and play in Chicago? Yeah, so so the the road band, I'm bringing a trio up, um, some great players, uh, Richard Sleepy Floyd on drums, Jesse Whitman on bass, um, you know, indie indie staples, um, just amazing players. And um, so, yeah, we're we're touring this record and I, I got hooked up with with Chris at Fulton Street Collective, and I think we originally booked it there, and um, and he suggested we move over to Prairie Moon, kind of his new new spot that he's booking. So I'm excited. I haven't been to Chicago, and I haven't played Chicago in a few years, and um, you know, there's so many great venues and just great tradition. Whistler, Andy's, Green Mill, um, Cafe Mustache, and um, and I've I've just loved every opportunity I've gotten to to spend and, and play music in, in such an amazing city. But but yeah, we're we're touring touring this this record that came out last fall. Um, just just still kind of you know playing through this music, and we'll be playing a lot of older stuff as well. You know the the thing with coming up to Chicago since you're in Indianapolis, and I'm sure you probably didn't play here since before the pandemic, I would imagine, or some somewhere around that, because there wasn't too much stuff happening, you know, in the past couple of years, up until last year. But you know, getting that circuit going because Indianapolis, I mean, you're you're from Indianapolis, at least that's where you're living now. I don't know if that's where you're from, but there's such a great jazz scene in Indianapolis. And to be able to get that little little vibe happening between Indianapolis and Chicago and maybe even St. Louis. And then I saw you're going up to Madison. I mean, the Midwest is really full of some great music, some great players and some great uh, some great clubs. So, I mean, you know, when you're putting all of this stuff together, I looked at your tour schedule and we should mention this because I know a lot of people are watching us online, which is where you watch us here. So there's people in all these different states. Uh, you know, you've got quite a tour coming up before you even, you know, uh, before you end. So, you know, playing all this music on Falling from Grace, it's got to be something where you start playing one way and then the tunes kind of evolve over the time that you're playing, especially on this tour, since you're playing so consistently. Talk a little bit about, you know, you wrote the tunes, you composed the tunes, you put them all on this recording 
But how does your brain think when you start playing them? Because now you're playing, you're not composing anymore, you're not writing and arranging. Do things kind of organically change? Do you make changes within the music as you start going? And you know, somebody might hear you in Chicago and then maybe catch you at Zinc Bar in New York, which is about three weeks later. And all of a sudden they're like, well, man, that is really something. So everything expands, right? Yeah, it's it's my favorite thing about being on the road is kind of what happens musically. You know, you get you get a chance to, you know, because in where whenever you're in your home base, you don't get to play 20 nights in a row the same music. <laughs> you know, it's like that would get stale pretty quick. But when you're traveling, you get to you get to do that and and dial in little things in the music and then, yeah, change it night to night. And sometimes you'll play a song and the next night you're like this is a weird tempo that I accidentally started this tune at and it becomes something totally different um but you also it's it's just like spending time with with two people you know for a whole month you you get a deep emotional connection a deep musical connection and um you know just special things happen it's there's nothing like being on the road and playing kind of the same program and getting to manipulate it and getting to change it. And then, you know, feeding off of the energy of, of each audience, you know, that's, that's a huge thing too, that, that affects the music. It's like maybe a ballad will be a lot quieter, more dynamic one night in a listening room. Then, you know, maybe when we play New York, it's a little louder, you know, and that, that song becomes something else based on the environment. So it's, <clears throat> I don't experience any growth like I do you know, when I'm on the road, that's, that's where all the magic happens for me. Well, and it, it's nice too, since you can actually tour with the same guys, you know, a lot of people don't have that luxury. Um, and I don't know if you have that luxury all the time, but at least on this tour you do, because you know, everybody's schedule is crazy and economics and all that stuff. Sometimes it's not feasible. So to be able to really develop your music like this and and the fact that you wrote it and put it all together that's got to be something pretty special you know as you just said but when you come back into chicago or when you come back into indianapolis after this whole tour you probably have a bunch of new tunes too that you've probably been working through and thinking about when you're on the road too right so there's got to be a whole other process then all of a sudden you're like hey man now you're re-energized you're ready to start creating even more stuff yeah yeah it's uh you know a lot of the times i write but it's it's a workshop it feels like it's you know i'm we're throwing in a few new tunes that we've never recorded to, to kind of work out on the road. And, um, you know, it's, it's like, let's see how these go. Let's see what, what happens here and, and what they become. And I, I always have the last date um, in Indianapolis, you know, at the jazz kitchen. I typically will put that as our last tour date. And it's, you know, I, I, I hope it's like a, a gift to, to my hometown. It's like, we've worked out all the kinks now. So now I'm, I'm bringing you, you the best, best thing I have to offer. Talk, talk a little bit about the meaning behind this recording, because, you know, reading up on the recording, I mean, there's a deep personal meaning to this recording that you put together. And I'm just curious, why don't you tell everybody about that? And I'd love to hear a little bit more about it from, from the composer here. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's titled Falling Grace, which is one of my favorite ECM Steve Swallow songs. Yep. And it uh, it was kind of based on, um, you know, my reflection on my own struggles with with addiction um, and things of that nature. And it was it was kind of a, a therapeutic album for me, just kind of tackling, you know, these issues that, you know, I'd never really uh, dove into. I, I've been sober for about 10 years and, 
you know, I, I hadn't given it much thought, I guess, you know, so it kind of felt like this whole process was, was kind of revisiting that it was time for me to go back and, and kind of just discover, you know, what that was all about. Did you uh, like during COVID, during the shutdown and everything, there was a lot of great music that was being composed and written just because of couldn't go and play. You know, you get into the grind of playing tons of gigs and all of a sudden you're going from gig to gig and you're doing tours and you're setting things up. But when everything paused, a lot of artists I've talked to that are releasing a lot of recordings now, they were inspired by it. They got to get inside their heads. They got to really kind of you know, get more, get deeper within their emotional state and bring it out in the music. Is that something that happened with you maybe just when the pause happened? I mean, was that stuff that you were able to take a little time and start reflecting on? Is that how this recording came about? Yeah, it was, that was definitely part of it, you know, just kind of, kind of getting out of, out of that, you know, dark time of, of isolation and um, yeah, I think we all kind of experienced emotions and, and feelings that, we'd probably never felt before, you know? So it was, that was a big part of it was having all that time alone with my thoughts, you know, which um, can be kind of unsettling, you know, <laughs> kind of a, a weird experience. So, so yeah, I think all the isolation from 2020 and um, 2021, you know, had a big, big effect on my songwriting. Like when I hear the music on this record, it doesn't really sound like, the music I was writing before the pandemic. It, it, you know, it definitely, it feels like it's, you know, a different person. I kind of, we all grew in that period. So yeah. musically it kind of followed suit. You know, I, I, you and I could talk about what I'm going to ask you for like another two hours, but I won't go that deep, but I do want to find out what your process is because I'm always curious. I've had different artists on and, you know, whether they're writing a, a recording that's like paying tribute to some historical event or writing something about their past or writing something like that. You've got to start with a melody. You've got to start with chord changes. You've got to start with something. I'm always curious. I mean, how, what's your process when you go to write any sort of music, let alone just this, I mean, do you come up, do you hear something and say, wait a minute, that, that melody is pretty hip. I'm going to work on that and then put harmonics underneath it. Or do you have a different process with that? Um, you know, each song is different and each, each phase, each album feels different. You know, sometimes it's like a song just writes itself. It'll just come to me and it's like the melodies there, the chord changes are there, the form, you know, the solo section, it's all just there. And it's like, oh, that was great. Like, let's do that again. And then the next <laughs> tune I write, it's like, I'm tweaking it for like three or four months. I'm like, let's change the bridge. Ah, I don't like the intro. Okay, let's change this. And then at the end of like four months, I just throw it out. I'm like, this is, this is crap. <laughs> so, it, you know, it's, it, it just varies so much. And then there are times where, um, you know, it's an outside influence. It's like, I read a book or I heard another musician or, you know, and it's, it just inspires something in me. And I'm like, I want to do something like that. And, you know, I, you know, we all try not to steal directly, but being influenced by something or, you know, being moved emotionally is, you know, a, a great catalyst for, for composition. And I try and capitalize on that right away. Like, even if it's a movie, it's like, if I'm feeling something, I'll just kind of dive into that right away. Like, okay, I'm going to try and write something because this feeling is going to dissipate in the next hour or so. Yeah. So 
that's a big part of my process too is just doing it right away well i should remind everybody so you're coming up march 1st and you're going to be a prairie moon restaurant which is 1635 chicago avenue in evanston uh we'll link everything up down below you're seeing everything down at the bottom of the uh uh, video as well and also the new recording falling from grace charlievalentine.com you know it, it we talked a little bit before we came on about influences and about you know studying with different people and all that and i think this is great because what you just described i think it happens to a lot of musicians you know i mean i might be uh, you know i'm a drummer so i might be you know all of a sudden i go and hear somebody play and i'm just like oh my god that was like amazing and i want to start working on some different things and start writing some different stuff, you know, just because of that one inspiration, you know, I always find it interesting, especially with somebody your age and all the different influences that, you know, it's natural. I mean, I have tons of influences from jazz, rock, blues, Latin, just because you grow up and you're listening to all this stuff. I mean, that's what you're influenced by. And that really comes out in your playing. So talk a little bit about, you know, I mean, you play jazz, but you also mixing a lot of different styles into your music. So I'm one of those people that I think the the term jazz is pretty wide ranging these days, you know? So it's almost like I'm not going to see somebody play jazz. I'm going to see Charlie Valentine play, you know, that's who I'm going to see. I'm going to see so-and-so play because that's what I want to hear. I'm not worried if you play a funk groove or something, it's your playing. So talk a little bit about the influences and, and how you must have all your boundaries down and just say, you know what, if this came in and I feel like doing this with this groove, I'm not worried if I'm swinging or not. This is really what I want to create. Talk a little bit about some of your influences. Yeah. I've always, I've always gravitated towards, you know, guitar players, especially the, they kind of raise the, the eternal question of like, is this jazz? You know, that's, that's always just been such a fun, funny thing, you know, especially as a jazz musician, we all just kind of laugh at that question because, um, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense because it, it's such a wide spectrum. So like John Schofield, Bill Frizzell, some of these newer guys, Julian Lodge, you know, where it's like, yeah, you know, it, some of it swings, you know, some of the bebop language is there, but there's a whole world of other influences. And, and I've always, I've always been like that, you know, my dad owned record stores when I was growing up. So my, uh, him tutoring me was just giving me a stack of records and it would have the Beatles and Wes Montgomery and Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jeff Beck and Kenny Burrell. And I never, uh, I never separated those in my head in genre. I was a teenager, I was 14 years old. So it didn't dawn on me like, okay, here's the jazz, here's the pop. It, it was just all music and it was all kind of going into the same idea. So I, I think that that had a, looking back, that had a pretty profound effect on me because I, I didn't learn, you know, anything about where this music came from. It was all just great music that was kind of working together in my head. Yeah, and, and I think that that's the true um, you know, behind a great artist, a great musician, is that they can pull everything in they, through osmosis or just really hardcore listening or, you know, transcribing and all that stuff, not mattering what style it is, just saying, I really dig that. I'm going to learn what that is from the top to the bottom, because, you know, a lot of jazz players, as you and I both know, a lot of them would say, oh, man, what are you listening to that for? It's so easy to play. What's the big deal? But when you really dig into something that might sound easy, it's actually pretty 
difficult to recreate exactly what they're doing because there's a technique and there's a style and there's a whole feeling behind what they're doing. So I think that to your point, you know, just in, in pulling everything together into one one person's style is your style rather than jazz or blues or whatever. I mean, don't you think? I mean, the styles are kind of out the window at these these days. Oh yeah, modern jazz, you know, can be influenced by bluegrass or Armenian traditional <laughs> religious music. It doesn't matter. It's all just kind of our own personal experience. And uh, that's one thing I love about guitar too, is that I get to really have this personalized sound. You know, we all have a different idea of what the guitar can sound like. You know, like we all kind of know what a saxophone or a piano sounds like, but guitar, it's, you know, infinite, you know, as far as um, the tonality and the timbre. Well, and also what I just listening to your new recording, um, the interplay between the way you I think a lot has to do with also the, the tone you're getting on your guitar because it's your sound. And then the interplay that you have within the melody and within the chord changes and then, of course, soloing with the group. It's just something it, it's it's unique to you, which is exactly what you want, but it really intertwines. It kind of brings the listener in a little deeper than I've heard other guitar players play. It must be something that maybe not consciously, but subconsciously, it's just from all your influences, just starts to develop into something. And that's kind of your playing, right? Yeah. I've always um, tried to kind of combine like in jazz, sometimes we have the melody and then the solo section and then the trading or whatever. And it's all very separate. Um, and I, I used to get discouraged about this, you know, if I didn't get a, an applause after a solo, you know, but I started to realize that, you know, it's kind of cool when that flows into the, your solo flows into the outhead or your, it flows into the bass solo so seamlessly that people don't want to interrupt that moment, you know, and so that's actually kind of what I'll, I'll strive for now rather than like, you know, a good friend of mine, Rob Dixon, always says, like, you got to get house, man. And that means, like, you, you got to get get people to stand up and applause after your solo. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I've, I've kind of gravitated away from that because I love just, like, the song. The song yeah. having a sense of continuity and you you applaud after the entire song, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and that's a that's a moment. You know, I, I you made me think about this, but it did remind me a little bit listening to some of the tracks uh, probably 12 years ago, I saw Brad Meldow play with with um, Grenadier and, and Jeff Ballard, and they were playing a small place here in Chicago, and it was kind of right when that group started playing together. Maybe it was 15 years ago. I don't know. I'm dating myself wow. now. But I remember it was the one concert, and it was a lot of heavy-duty people in the audience. It was 1030 show from Chicago, right? I mean, a lot of people we would all know, and they're all sitting there, and nobody clapped after the solos because they just were flowing into one another. And by the end of the tune, it ended and everybody was like, Oh my God, it was unbelievable. And it just melded together. And I, I heard some of that when I was listening to some of your live stuff too, the way you're playing interplaying around and then it just slides into the bass solo. And then you don't want to interrupt the bass solo because you don't realize what's going on until about eight bars into the bass solo. And you're like, oh, okay, let's not, but yeah, it's exactly it. I think that's almost the whole the whole key to a great composition, isn't it? I mean, if you can just overall composition, here it is. If you, if it, if I think to your point, I mean, you succeed in what you want to have happen. This is the whole composition. Yeah. It's, you know, it, I feel like it's something I kind of had to mature into almost because 
you do, you know, we all, when we start this out, we want to be the flashy soloists. We want to, we want to be that guy. Um, and I figured out pretty early on that I wasn't going to be that, I wasn't going to have like the Pat Martino, like dexterity. I wasn't going to be like this hot, like, you know, burning 16th note guitar <laughs> player. So I had to, to figure out another way to, to create what I wanted. Yeah, well, it's 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 fantastic. So everybody, go check out "Falling from Grace," the new recording, of course, uh, CharlieValentine.com. And then we're going to send everybody March first. You're going to be over there at Prairie Moon Restaurant, which is 1635 Chicago Avenue in Evanston. PrairieMoonRestaurant.com, uh, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. So no excuses. Parking's real easy over there. So go check out Charlie there. Say hi to him and really hear this music live. I think that's a key to hear this live. And uh, and in addition to the recording, but hear it live and hear him really interact and stuff. So, Charlie, thanks for jumping on today. I really appreciate it. It's great to connect. And uh, I might see you on March 1st. I'm going to try to get up there. Oh, that'd be great. So great talking to you, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And of course, thanks, everybody, for watching. And as I always say, everything is on ChicagoJazz.com. And until next time, hopefully I will see you all somewhere out on the scene. <laughs>